0: The City Life app enables you to listen to Sunday messages and even explore the Bible while listening. Stay up to date with church life through our connect section and much more. Download the City Life app today. Welcome to the City Life podcast. Our desire is to make Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Get your Bibles, Bible apps out, open them up to the book of Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 5, 2 Peter 1, 5. That's found in the very back of the New Testament, and I uh, want you to hold your place there. I promise you I will catch it a little bit later in the message, 2 Peter 1, 5. Hey, Bible heroes are my favorite. This is our hero series, and I love looking at their stories, because Actually, one of the things I like to do is I always like to put myself into the story. You, know, you ever do that? We do that with movies. We do that with books. You know you do it with movies. You're in the movie going, oh, that's, that's my character. And you know, like, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're experiencing what they're experiencing. I like to do that with Bible heroes. And that's why I like to get to know who they are. I love the richness of the, the scriptures. And, and uh, truth is, though, they were just real people like you, real people like me, who st- actually like stepped out of the ordinary and into the extraordinary? Uh, today we're going to be talking about a man who did that. His name was Peter. Uh, I Actually, I, I relate to him a lot. He's one of a, I'd say about ten characters in the Bible I really relate to a lot. I think I relate to Peter a lot. Uh, but and, and I, I created a long title for today's message. I usually don't go for a long title, but I couldn't help it with Peter because where do, where do you, where do you hit you know with with Peter? And so so my my sermon title and I love the way our our uh, creative team did this they didn't know where to put my big long sermon title so they put in these little tiny letters up on the screen that you'll probably need you know i I don't know how we're supposed to see that but it's quite funny because that's that's almost a way of getting back when we say long long sermon title this is what you're gonna get but here here it is you guys are okay i'm not upset but uh but it's it's peter but it says impatient unstable and reactive yet rock solid and that's him the story of Peter is found in the New Testament. We find it, he's in, we're introduced to him in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John right at the beginning of the New Testament. Well, his story continues into the book of Acts, which is the fifth book of the New Testament. And then he authored two books appropriately titled, first and second, Peter. He named them after himself. No, he didn't. He really didn't. Someone else named them that later. They were actually letters. It would be kind of arrogant. Well, I'm going to write a book. What's it called, um, Tim? So no, no, that's not what he did, Okay. Uh, but, but interesting about Peter, in the scriptures, there's not like a blow-by-blow account of his life. The reason is because he's not the central character, Jesus is, and he's, he's in this story with Jesus. So it's, a, it's actually a very fragmented story, but it's scattered through these seven books. Let me introduce you to him. If you were here, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to bring him out because I think he would be, he would be a, a fun person to be around. He would be quite a character. Peter was a rugged fisherman. Uh, He was was a a tough guy. He he led a fishing business out on the Sea of Galilee. And um, in fact, one day he was out cleaning his nets, and and Jesus came walking by and and told Peter, just stopped and said, Hey, Peter, follow me, and I'm going to make you a fisher of people. So the story goes, he literally walked off the job, this is family business, but he still walked off the job, left his nets, and what he did is he latched on to this radical vision of life with purpose. So... At that moment, Peter was actually selected as one of the 12 disciples who followed Jesus. Uh, now, and now it's, it's believed that he was probably the oldest of the disciples, probably between the age of 23 to 25. Uh, the youngest of the disciples may have been somewhere between 14 to 15. A lot of people see pictures or paintings of the disciples of, of these like really old people, and, and no, they, they weren't. I mean, that happened later on. They did get older, but when they started off, they were young. It was young guys. These were young, rugged guys. He was actually... Married, But, 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 uh, but he, was, he was about that age. And, and so according to the Hebrew customs of the time, uh, the other disciples would have seen him as the leader. So he naturally stepped up to that because he was the oldest. In fact, it's kind of interesting because then Peter became part of Jesus' inner circle. He was a guy who just was never afraid to be wrong. And he had these impassioned convictions that he would just step out in. Peter could be best described with a lot of terms, kind of like my message title. He was eager, impulsive. He was energetic. He was self-confident. He was aggressive. He was daring. He was unstable. He was fickle. He was weak. And he was also cowardly. That's that's Peter. That's the mess that he was. He was kind of like guided by quick impulse um, more than reasoning, and, and a lot of times he was like a shift from one extreme to the other, and it's, it's, it's interesting looking at his life. Now, you know, most people, when they're going to make a decision, do this. Like, you know, it's like you're going to shoot a gun, which if you shoot guns, you would understand this, but we are in Texas, so I can use that illustration here, all right? It's, it's ready, aim, fire. You get it. Ready, aim, fire. You can, if you're going to make a decision, you can process it in just a second. Ready, aim, fire. Boom. That decision. Well, P- Peter wasn't like that. It was like like, ready, fire. Like as one word, ready, fire, aim, oops. I mean, that was him. That was, yeah. uh, and, and if you guys like that, I mean, don't, don't raise your hand. Please, please don't raise your hand. But you know who you are. And, um, and sometimes you judge yourself pretty hard on that. Some of you might even say, "You know, God can never use a person like me because I do ready fire, aim, oops. That's my life." And you have these, just these 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 impulsive, let's just say it's stupid decisions that you make sometimes. And it's like, I'm a mess. God can't use me. Well, here I just want to start off this message by saying, God uses impulsive people. He's not looking for perfection. Now. If God can use Peter, who's actually way off the charts impulsive, yet still correctable, God can use you. I I, I honestly think we need to drop this idea and this concept that God is looking for perfection in us, because that's not the case. Peter never would have passed the perfection test. But he wasn't just impulsive, he was also reactive, in fact, and I mean really really, really reactive i 'm sure none of you relate to like being reactive because none of you do that around here but but I mean one time he reacted and even rebuked jesus like that 's you know, that would be out of bounds, right? right? That would be out of bounds. Well, here, here's the story. Jesus was talking to his disciples about the upcoming crucifixion. And they're like, what? Peter didn't like it. So he like, calls this timeout in the meeting and pulls Jesus aside. And the Bible tells us that he did it. He pulls him aside. He's like, hey, Jesus, I need to talk to you. And the Bible says he began to rebuke Jesus for saying, I don't like what you're saying. <laughs> and then Jesus, he just fires back. I mean, can you manage chewing out God? It's like, <laughs> Well, he, he fired back, and, and Jesus said, Oh, well, get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. Peter, you don't even understand the things of God. Actually, that's like the strongest rebuke that Jesus gave to any of his followers. And he did it to Peter, yet he didn't reject Peter. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, that is great news for those of us who are reactive. God uses reactive people. He's not looking for perfection. You know, maybe, maybe you were serving in an area of ministry and something happened that you didn't like and, and, and you reacted and then you felt embarrassed and then you felt stuck, but your, your, your overreactivity does not disqualify you from being used by God. See, Peter accepted Jesus' correction God continued to use him. He's going to do the same for you and the same for me because I need it. See, God knew Peter's flaws and dysfunctions and he knows yours. I mean, Peter, the lead disciple, was a dysfunctional mess. When Jesus was arrested, he reacted and he pulled out his sword and he swung down hard, going for the head of the temple guard. I don't know if he'd been watching zombie movies or what, but he was going for the head and he, 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 and he missed and and sliced off the guy's ear. I mean, he just lopped it right off. You know that was one sharp sword. And he, Peter was a powerful guy. I mean, he was a fisherman. He he knew how to use those arms. <laughs> And as Jesus reaches down and picks up the ear, puts it back on the guy's head and heals him. Dysfunctional Peter. Dysfunctional you. And me. But the good news is God uses dysfunctional people. He's not looking for perfection. I... I, I'm here to say we need to stop beating ourselves up. We need to choose today to no longer be people who allow our own dysfunction or reactivity or our impulsive natures to hold us back. Because God is not disqualifying you. Actually, looking at Peter, I can honestly say God is looking for people who mess up big and then say, I was wrong, forgive me, I repent. You see, the night... Of Jesus' crucifixion, which is a few hours after the whole ear incident, <laughs> Peter literally denied he even knew Jesus three different times. Now, this is supposed to be the leader of the disciples. He's supposed to be Jesus' closest disciple. And if, if, if this were a company, um, wouldn't you like fire the guys? Like, oh, I don't know him. No, no don't know him. Nope, 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 nope. Don't, don't, don't work for him. Nope, no. He's a... I, Three times. I, I was like, okay, I'm sorry, you're fired. You know, that, that's, that's probably what I would do. But that's not what happened. Peter recognized his sin, he received correction, and he made things right with Jesus. And it's kind of interesting because that's the kind of stuff we need to do. What that's called is repentance. And if only we could learn to simply admit that we're wrong and request forgiveness... In just the situations of life and family and home and business, and even the issues of sin and problems with God, request forgiveness, say I'm sorry to God and to other people, and leave repentant lives. I'm telling you, your life will all of a sudden become much, much, much more effective because God uses repentant people. He's not looking for perfection. You know, it's interesting because in the story of Peter, there's another character who parallels him and, and the guy's name is Judas. You've heard of Judas Iscariot. The name Judas is, is quite often in our mind equated with betrayal. Well, that's a Judas. And and, and maybe you don't even know the story of Judas, but, but it's interesting that, that Judas' name even today is considered the name of betrayal. Most people don't name their kids Judas. But a lot of people name their kids Peter. Why? What's the difference? Well, the truth is, in their stories, both men messed up they both made errors in judgment hey they both sinned but judah judas didn't repent and peter did because so repentance is what jesus was looking for and peter was more than just repentant i mean this guy was bold with faith like none of the other disciples uh, you know peter was so overcome with with uh, with faith that he got out and walked on water one time to meet jesus now, I know some people look at that story and say, yeah, but Pastor, tell the whole story. He started to sink when he saw the waves and he doubted. I know. So what's the point? Peter still walked on water. Have you? Those of you who have walked on water, please come now, take over the sermon, and I'll step off the platform. You get it? Oh, actually, I would have to leave too at this point, But uh, so let's re- let's, not, let's kind of undo that. Hey, I'm telling you guys, that is crazy, amazing faith. God uses people with faith. That's why I like to preach a lot about faith, because it will actually open up amazing doors for you, just like it did for Peter. I mean, God uses faith-filled people. He's not looking for perfection. I mean, one day... (laughs) just, j- j- Peter fired off something in front of the disciples. It was so faith-filled, it shifted everything. Uh, I mean, he, he comes off and says in front of the disciples to Jesus, he said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, let me tell you something. That's easy for us to say right now, but that was a huge leap of faith because do you realize not one person had ever said that to Jesus before? Not one. Peter was the first, in fact, here's the way it's recorded in the scriptures in the book of Matthew. It says this, uh, Jesus says, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, boom, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, Can you imagine the tension with the other disciples going, oh, he did it again. Peter's confident and then Jesus turns and looks at him with fire in his eyes and like, go oh, here we go again it's satan he's gonna get called satan again <laughs> he said blessed are you simon son of jonah for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven and now he says and i tell you that you are peter well he wasn't just telling him that that's his name he's like yeah i know him peter no he assigned him the name peter at this time he said and on this rock peter and rock are both underlined on the screen Did you see that it's important. He said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So, you catch this, okay? This moment of crazy faith, Peter makes this bold faith confession. Jesus renames Peter, Peter, okay, at this point. Uh, and he's no longer Simon or Cephas. He, he, he's Peter. And his name actually means rock. He's rock, he's the rock. You can call him the Rock, man. He, he was maybe the original. His disciple friends may have called him Rocky. You know how we add like had letters, like, yeah, Rocky. He, he could have been the first one. Doubt he was a boxer then. But but Jesus then says, now this, I'm changing your name to Rock, Peter. And on this rock, I'm gonna build my church and hell will not be able to win. Yeah. Everything shifted in those 15 seconds what initiated this whole atmospheric shift it was faith god uses faith-filled people and, and crazy faith my friend will catapult you forward and the sky is the limit The sky is the limit for what God can actually do through you and through your faith. Believe in the unbelievable. Expect the unexpected. Step out and do what seems impossible with faith in Jesus. Because through Jesus, the unbelievable can be believed. The unexpected can be expected. Through Jesus, the impossible is made possible when you step out in faith. Everything can shift in a moment, just like it did with Peter when you activate your faith. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for a child. He's looking for a teen who's just going to be full faith. Yeah. <laughs> you see, with Peter, his attitudes of repentance and his faith, I mean, this, this, this catapulted him forward far beyond the other disciples at this time. In spite of what was very obvious to everyone, he had a lot of imperfections, probably more than the other guys. If God will do it for Peter, he'll do it for you, my friend that's good for me to hear. So, And I'll even say amen to my own thing right there, because that's good for me. My wife wouldn't agree with me. Now, the story of Peter, it even though makes a more dramatic shift a little bit later on after Jesus left the earth, because up until this point, I'd say Peter was kind of like a rocket sitting on the launching pad and it's making noise and and there's gurgling and there's steam and there's smoke and, and, and there's all this stuff happening and puffing. There's a lot of noise right there. But 10 days after Jesus' ascension into heaven, Peter was actually transformed. He became like this rocket that just burst, took off. You see, he was full of faith before, but now he was full of power and boldness see what god did is god poured his power into peter what happened where there were 120 people that were praying together like jesus had commanded them to do after he left and 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 they were all praying together and they were in one mind they were in unity and the disciples were there peter was there they were in one place worshiping god and and at that this, this moment they were all filled with the holy spirit and at this moment peter was transformed it was like a metamorphosis all of a sudden he's full of god's power like never before and i just want to tell you guys this it works the same today god uses transformed people he's not looking for perfection you can be transformed as well In fact, Peter even experienced this transformation in his character that happened after he received this infilling with the Holy Spirit, and God can transform your character as well. This newly transformed Peter, he's no longer the unreliable, reactive, self-confident guy. Now he is a bold, steadfast leader of the church of Jesus Christ on this earth. See... On this day, what's, this, is, this is an incredible story. On the day when Peter was baptized with the Holy Spirit, he stepped out in this new, bold authority. And really, actually what he did is he initiated this new era that we're still in today. Peter, that day, got out in front of a massive crowd of people, and he preached the first message about the saving power of Jesus Christ. And he did it in Jerusalem, the same town, where he had denied Jesus, and possibly even the people who he had de- who he had denied Jesus to were out there in the crowd, seeing him. Wait a minute, you are the guy! And when he preached that day, about three thousand people prayed to receive Jesus Christ, and they were yeah. baptized even on that same very day. Um, pretty cool. That <laughs> this is, keep. This is the same Peter who denied Jesus how many times? Three Three times, just 50 days earlier. Now he was transformed. He was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I started looking at this and I thought, wait a minute. Three denials of Jesus were now transformed and reversed exponentially. Think of this. 1,000 people came to Jesus for each of those reversed denials. Three denials, 3,000 people saved. That is what I call exponential reversal. See, God can reverse your mistakes when you're transformed, and and he may even do it exponentially. What does it mean exponentially? You know, you just start adding zeros. I love that. In fact, this Saturday morning uh, at 9 a.m., we're going to have something we call... Holy Spirit workshop and I'll be teaching on this topic and and even giving you the opportunity to to learn more about the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit yourself and I I want to I'm just asking you guys to come join me on Saturday morning from 9 to eleven thirty 30 right here uh, because God's transforming power is available to every single one of us because God's not looking for perfection He's looking for someone to use. He's looking for someone who's going to make a difference in their family, a difference in their community, a difference in their company, in their city, in their job, a difference in their school, a difference on this earth. And he does it through repentant, faith-filled, transformed people. People who just make the choice like I'm just going to get busy and I'm going to make my life count. People who choose to do like Peter and just say I'm going to drop my nets and I'm going to follow Jesus. See, Peter was the guy, he just chose this route of effectiveness. And he just didn't want to go through the motions because I think he had seen plenty of that in his lifetime. And he was no longer going to cave to that annoying voice of hell that some of you are dealing with that says, you're not perfect enough, you're not good enough. I thank God because there's really, we at City Life, we have something unique. And those of you who have been with us for a while, you know this, is I'm a part of a congregation where it's like the p- people here are not churchy and I don't know how else to describe it other than that and forgive me if that's the wrong term sometimes get corrected on my terminology uh, that's my best term because they're not people who criticize and pick at each other and look at your weaknesses but around here people actually encourage one another and build each other up and this is not just like a little thing that happens occasionally actually it's the culture around here I'm going look at God look what you've done <laughs> Because people around here, we just keep nudging one another and pointing them to Jesus. You hang out around here, you're going to find people are going to nudge you along to grow in your faith. Because we're all growing in our faith. No one has it all together. We're always looking for that next step to be effective in our lives. In fact, Peter had this own effectiveness strategy that he built into his life, and, and I just call it the keep growing strategy. That's that's really his strategy. It's pretty simple, uh, and, and it's given to you there in 2 Peter 1.5. We're gonna take a look at it. In fact, in fact, on Sunday morning here, uh, next Sunday, I'm gonna talk about specifically how City Life basically even has this similar thing set up here for us, how we can keep taking our next steps toward effectiveness. But Peter here, in one of his writings, he he... he Pensy, he actually outlines this effectiveness strategy for continual growth and it starts with faith i'm gonna have faith that's where it starts i'm gonna have faith faith in god faith that i can be forgiven of my sins faith that god can do miracles okay based on that now watch what god can do so he says this take a look at it second peter 1 5 make every effort that means put some focus some effort in it to add to your faith goodness and to goodness add knowledge To knowledge, self control. To self control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. I actually kind of like the term mutual affection in there. I'd never seen this before, but what that means is mutual affection. It's not just like this huggy, kissy thing, which we might think of as affection. Like, I enjoy affection from my wife, but that's a little different than this. This mutual affection means you affect one another, you affect one another positively. Basically, we sharpen each other, kind of like iron sharpens iron, you know, which basically tells us that Christianity, your Christianity becomes effective when we all began to affect one another in other words we need each other that's what this church is about okay it goes on to say this it says for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure and this is how you grow right here they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's not one person in this room who would say, well, I would just prefer to live the ineffective, unproductive life. No! You wouldn't even be here. You'd still be in bed. I don't want that either. So I'm going to keep growing, keep my eyes on Jesus, and you can do it, and we can do it. Remembering this, though, is that God is not looking for perfection. And Here's the biggie. God's not looking for perfection because God is perfection. Listen up. Why in the world would God look for something in you that he already has and that he already is? God is perfection. See, he's looking for availability. He's looking for someone who wants their life to count. He's looking for you. He's looking for someone who wants to grow. He, he, but in fact, I believe that God even brought you here today to hear this message to awaken you to stop beating yourself up over your own imperfections and to choose this effective, productive way of living. I mean, today, my prayer for you is that you will break free from your feelings of self-hatred, criticism of others, feelings of inadequacy, your dark personal misery that flagged, It just plagues way too many of us in this day. And just say, you know, today's a new day. and Today, you're going to leave here changed. Because God's not looking for perfection because He is perfection. Now, many of you are going to embark with me on this weekend journey that we have set up this next weekend where Saturday morning is the Holy Spirit workshop and, and then Sunday morning I'm going to be talking about moving forward with next steps and then we're having City Life Night and, and it's going to be a power-packed weekend. We don't do these things very often, but it's, it's important to us. I'm really excited and I want you to join me, but but. I'm going to pray that what begins to happen over this weekend will even be the beginning, kind of an initiation of all this that I'm setting up here for you today. Let me tell you what we're going to do. We've changed our order, our agenda a little bit today. Some of you have already noticed, but we're going to take a little brief break, okay? Not a commercial break, but just a quick break. In a few minutes, I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to very quickly demonstrate to you something that can set you free, if you'll understand it. It'll help you to be set free from feeling that you're not good enough. Today, you will have the opportunity to draw a line in the sand regarding self-condemnation. Whether it came from a religious system, or whether it came from a friend, or a parent, or a pastor, or a a family member. Or most likely yourself, because we typically self-condemn more than anything else. We're our own biggest source of condemnation. We're going to go for it in just a few minutes. So first of all, we're going to pray. All right, let's pray. God, I pray that you will open our spiritual eyes, open our spiritual understanding, open our hearts, God. God, let us crave transformation. I pray this with faith, God. God, that we will hunger for effectiveness in our lives. That we we will live with just crazy faith. And that condemnation it will be broken in our lives today. And we will see things and understand them differently from this point on. My God, I want to thank you that you're not looking for perfection. Because you already are perfection. In Jesus' name. Okay, if Jesus Christ is really alone, strong enough to save. If he's really broken every chain... And let's get it working in our lives have a seat today we're going to break out of some chains of condemnation I'm just saying no more inferiority no more chains of fear no, no more chains of condemnation that you're imperfect or you're not good enough If you have received Jesus Christ into your life, then you don't have to live by those lies anymore. If you're following what I've been sharing with you here today, you don't have to live that way anymore. Now I want to show you how this makes sense. Romans chapter 8 has the scripture that I love. A lot of you, if you've been serving God for a while, you, you probably even have this memorized. I want you to look at it. It says, there is now no Condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, look at it. Get this in your heart. Zero condemnation. So the, the, those thoughts, your regrets, your your fears, those sins, you need to let them go. There is no condemnation. Alright? You got that part right? Now I want you to read the scripture aloud with me. It's on the screens. Look at it. Some of you have a I say it with me. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, wait a minute. For who? The people who are in Christ Jesus. Now, I guess I'm looking at this scripture and I'm well, what in the world does that mean? Well, if you can remember what I told you earlier, God isn't looking for perfection because God is perfection. Then this is going to be like a boom whammy right between your eyes. Remember, God isn't looking for perfection. He is perfection. The key is there. If you live in the perfect Jesus Christ, you are 100% righteous. When the Father looks at you, He doesn't see those imperfections. He sees the perfection of Jesus it's because you are in Jesus and there's no condemnation. Now I want to show you how this works. I thought of this interesting, creative way to do this. We brought our baptistry over here. There's no water in it, so don't get scared because I'm stepping in. So like, oh man, he's going to get wet. What are they going to do? Splash us? No. No secrets. I know nothing, nothing that fun. Um, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to just look at this and I want you just to kind of think okay this is like Jesus let's just just to say this baptistry is like Jesus it's nice and it's clean and it's perfect it's perfect it is perfect and this thing is perfect I mean inside and out it's just it's just wonderful so let's just call this Christ Jesus okay not for real you know you know it's not for real right 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 yeah I'm not teaching heresy okay it's an illustration so if this is Christ Jesus that's perfection. Here's imperfection. I wanted to be like Christ, and I try, and I get, repent, and I change, I'm transforming, but still, the truth is, there will always be imperfection. There will always be flaws. How can I get God to see me right so I don't have to constantly be condemning myself? Well, it's just to remember that I'm in Christ Jesus. Now, if I'm actually in here, if I'm in this place, if I'm in Christ, you're not going to see me anymore. God can't see me. He sees the beauty of this. Now watch. See? Now, where's Tim? <laughs> where's the preacher? You can't. Now, you see, you're seeing it now through the eyes of God. Imperfection is gone. All you see is Christ, Jesus, perfection. Why? It's because I am in Christ, Jesus. Okay, this works, guys. <laughs> this feels good up here. I can have a little bit of fun, all right. This, this, this works. And even though the whole illustration of baptism, it's, it's like we're baptized into Christ. Whoa, who wouldn't want to be baptized then? This is crazy, because you no longer have to see yourself that way. You're hiding out inside Christ. There is, look at it, no condemnation for those who are where in Christ Jesus. <laughs> but you know, you know, some of you need to register for water baptism for next week too. Now, listen. That takes us to this final statement of the day. I'm going to let you go home. Take a look at it. This is it. God isn't looking for perfection. God is perfection. And we are in Christ Jesus. Perfection. That is the message of salvation. That's what we call the good news. The gospel. That will make anybody smile. Please, I'd like for no movement at this time and I want you to focus your eyes internally for just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You've never given yourself to Him. You're not in Christ. You know you need to be. Maybe you've even drifted from a relationship with God and and, uh, you want a new beginning to be in Christ. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond simply by lifting your hand in just a moment and I want to connect my faith with you and pray. So if you wanna be in Christ Jesus and see that condemnation removed, I'm just simply gonna ask you to raise your hand at the count of three, because everything changes today. I wanna lock my faith in with yours, okay? Come on, one, two, three, lift your hand. Lift your hand now so I can connect my faith with yours. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else? Thank you. Put your hands down, anyone else? All right, so let me ask everyone to please stand with me right now. And if you lifted your hand, I want you along with this entire congregation of believers to pray these words with me. I want you to pray this and mean it. Come on, everybody, from the bottom of your heart right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Today I give up my past, and I embrace the future that you have for me. Forgive my sins. Today I am in you. I am in my perfect Jesus. My condemnation is removed. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen. As we close, we're leaving here today, letting His name rule over us in Christ. Change. Letting Jesus control the atmosphere. One last time, and then we're on our way. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. If you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifecenter.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.